Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast, episode number 220 with Damien Murdoch. And today, we're talking about taking charge of anxiety. Doc, how are you, great man? Yeah, good, Sidey. Great to be back. Mate, uh, always a privilege to have you on the show, and uh, we'll talk about that. Episode 154 uh, was the last time on here, and um, I wanted to get you back on just because of feedback around you being so open, honest, and vulnerable, and sharing your story around anxiety is, um, you know, it's something we need to hear more of, and more people can relate to it, particularly with everything going on. But let's, before we do that, let's talk about the backdrop you've got going on. Now, this is a podcast. People can't see it, but, mate, you've got probably <laughs> the best backdrop I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I've got a Mercedes Sprinter camper van, motorhome, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I'll just pull it up on the ocean and use it as an office. And that's, uh, yeah, I'm in Mooloolabar at the moment, if anyone knows Mooloolabar. I'm just on the corner, just on the edge on the border of Mooloolabar where it meets Alex Headlands. So just up on that hill there for people who know the area. It's uh, it's very nice, mate. Now, obviously, you live up in Queensland, and um, this year, with all the borders being shut, last year, sorry, with all the borders being shut and everything like that, um, was it was it different up there? Because I know a lot of people migrate up, um, particularly in the winter down south. What was it different? It was really different. So, for example, I'm here in my caravan in Malulba, um in the motorhome, and you're looking up at the high rises, and there's just no lights on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was just, there was just, it was just a ghost town really. So, but that was for, that was for two or three months. And I think if you look back, you know, you've been in Melbourne, you look back at the first couple of months was sort of a novelty. It was sort of good to have a good chill out. We never got that second lot. So that's where I think it, it's impossible to judge from here what that was like, because it was just such a different world here. You know, we started playing footy again and um, life, it wasn't completely normal, but, you know, we had nothing to complain about. So it's impossible to put yourself in the situation for you guys down in Melbourne. Yeah. But- and I, and I, I think with that, Doc, as well, that um, you look around the world and we thought 2020 was going to be, you know, once that was over, it was done. But you look around the world now and particularly in the States, UK, um and, and over that side of the world, they're in their winter um, and they're even in a more severe situation than probably what we were in Victoria. So um, I guess this is probably really relevant, mate. Are you noticing, I don't know, people are trying to be empathetic for other situations and different countries, but until you sort of feel it, it's pretty hard to judge. I, I don't know what your take on that is. Yeah, I think it is. I think that's right. You, you really can't. It's really very hard to walk in someone's shoes unless you've actually been there and done it so you can only try to imagine what it's like and so it's not to you know it's, it's when you talk to people in melbourne and and what the experience they had you know that you realize that you know the way we talk about lockdown up here was just completely different you know it was you know at the time i was thinking gee it'd be great to do this every four years you know just have two months off where <laughs> get to go out you know like everyone takes it easy and and you know reflects a bit you know so it was it was actually really good i thought the first couple of months for the world but yeah that's it's easy to say that when you didn't have to go back into it 
Yeah. And, and, and that is very true. And I, I think that's, there was a roller coaster, you know, people on particularly Melbourne, mate, like when we're walking around, everyone was out walking in the mornings and at the start of lockdown, it was really friendly and hello. And I always say hello to people, Doc, and I normally scare them. They're like, oh, why is that guy talking to me? Where everyone was really friendly. And then as it rolled on, mate, people just started getting lower and lower and that just stopped. Um, so like you said, I think, you know, a couple of months for people to slow down, take their foot off the busy hamster wheel and reflect and, and think about what's important. It, did, it sounds like you really enjoyed that. I know I enjoyed the start, probably just not the end. Yeah, and I didn't go into that second second lot. So it's, yeah, it's hard to, to judge. But I know a lot of high, really high performing people I know actually didn't handle it too well. And that surprised me. But it seemed to be the people who really did did okay through it it seemed to be a mindset that they that they attacked it with i thought so um you know saw it as an opportunity and actually you know attacked something that they've always wanted to do whether it's you know a goal whether it's online course or learn something or whatever it might be but just um attacked something positively so they kept that their focus on something positive rather than focusing on the, the headlines or the you know, the media, because if you do that, you're going to run into mm. trouble. That's, you know, that's all they're trying to do is create drama to sell papers. I know it's cliche, but it's, it's true. Yeah. Clickbait really. And that probably, that analogy you just said there, that probably applies to life in general, isn't it? Like if you want to find the negative, you can, but if you want to find a positive, you can as well. Yeah. Well, if you think about the, the structure of anxiety, it, it's taking your mind out into the future and imagining bad things happening. And that's actually really highly manipulable. So I can actually tell you a story now and lead your imagination back to a time where you've really struggled. You got really terrified, even a horror movie, you know, like that's horror movies use music to manipulate that anxiety. You know, they'll put that, that violin music will come on and and straight away we're triggered into, oh, that means it's time to be scared, you know, like, so it's really easily to easy to manipulate someone's anxiety by using their focus what they're focused on so if you take your mind into the future and focus on bad things happening like say for example at the moment as we're recording this you know you've got that new strain they're talking about overseas that's more contagious and so on if you focus on that your anxiety is going to go up you know you've got a, we've all got a threat detection system inbuilt in us and at the moment in general i think that's running quite high because people are worried about what's coming um, if you worry about that, you're going to be you're going to be anxious. If you focus on what might happen, so the key is to get it back to what you can control, and that's what you're doing in the moment. Yeah, and that, again, so through the the 2020, how did you go with your anxiety, mate? Like, did you personally see spikes, or now because of all the work you've done on yourself and um, where you're at in your life, you're able to, as you said, not focus on the future but control what you can. Yeah, so I did that. Um, I was running. I ran a page this year called AFL Coach Quotes. So, on Instagram. So I was just continually every day writing about this stuff, and so it, I was just continually reminding myself of the mindset I need to take to it every day. So that there's no doubt that helps me. And and like you said, all the work I've done, I'd like to think that I would get through um, whatever sort of comes. But you know, it's easy to say that. I yeah. wasn't in Melbourne. I wasn't in England. You know, I haven't dealt with it. So who knows? Mm. And I, I think uh, personally myself, I think last year I handled it well considering and so many other people lost all their work and everything like that. And I, I use it as an opportunity, but I suppose 
going forward and as this year started, um, I'm really battling with the doc because um, it's hard to lock in any work. So you don't know and, you, and all these uncertainties, you're like, oh, am I ever going to be able to present a game? I'm going to be able to get an income to look after my family and things like that. And like you just said, I just thought, no, I need to start helping others again. And this is what I do. And so I've started doing my podcast again. And I actually stopped it last year and that's helped me, but it's underlying. I still think about the future because financial is something that people will always feel anxious about. Um, I don't know. Is that something else you've noticed with other people or people you're coaching or things like that? Yeah, definitely. And it's, 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 you know, you just see different ways that people um, are handling that. So, Again, that's, that's you know, as you're even talking to me then, like see where your focus was, it's going into the future and, the, yeah, you know, and that's what anxiety is. It's a worry about something that hasn't happened and may never happen. You know, there's that Mark Twain quote, um, what does it go? I've had thousands of problems in my life, most of which never actually happened. So, <laughs> so it's completely natural for your mind because your, your brain's number one job, as we've talked about, is to alert you to the threats, right? So it's, it's natural that your brain shows you what could happen but you don't want to live there, right? So you just say, okay, that's that's a chance that that could happen. I could have the financial pressures. I'm not going to be able to book speaking gigs or whatever, but I can't control that at the moment. What can I control? What can I do? You know, and, at, and what have you done? What's your What's been your answer? You've got the podcast going again. What else? How did you? Yeah, so for me personally, I've made it a conscious effort that every day I will do a number of different things for myself. Um, and then I'll try and help one other person for the day. Um, and I'm just trying to create as much as I can. And um, the thing is, uh, the more, when I'm in the moment doing those things for myself, so I might be doing a couple of exercises, I might be walking, I might be doing a podcast, like what we're doing now is um, I seem to find that's great. And I'm really proud of what I'm doing there. But once that's done and uploaded or finish that, my mind will start wandering again. And um, yeah, and I think it's, it's, I'm aware of it. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things you need to be. And you probably uh, tell me a little bit more net what's coming up, but um, awareness is important, but then also being able to trigger that, like your mind does sleep and it's probably like meditation. Do you know what I mean? Like your mind sleeps, but then it's actually about bringing it back to the present. And that's essentially what I've been trying to do. I don't know if is that right, mate. Yeah. Well, that's what meditation is. That's one of the key things that I think, this and talked about enough with meditation is basically noticing where your mind's going. So everyone thinks when they meditate, they've got to like stop thinking and they are, oh, can't, you know, they'll, they'll say to me, I, I can't do that. I tried that. My mind goes too fast. And I'm, well, that's the point. You actually see where your mind goes, you know, see what's annoying you, see what you're worried about, see what you're saying to yourself, what, you know, that, that voice in your head, what's it saying? Where's its focus? You know, so that's, if you can meditate even for a minute or two minutes, and just see that, you know, you don't have to do 10 minutes or 20 minutes. You can you can actually see where your mind goes in a minute or two minutes. You just go, oh, right, that's what I'm annoyed about. Or that's what I'm worried about. Okay, so then that's, if you focus on that, if you stay with that all day, if your self-talk's focused on that, you're going to have this raised anxiety. So you got to bring your focus back to, okay, what can I do about it? And you get your focus back on what you want. So you've got your um, purpose or your vision. Okay, and then what can I do? Who do I need to be to make that happen? And like you've said, you, you're doing something every day. Um, what did you say you're doing every day? Oh, so I'm, I'm doing things for myself and I'm trying to help other people. Um, yep. and, and that's non-negotiable and I'll make sure I tick that off. And, um, and I think that really that comes down to sticking to something 
and also getting a win on the board. Like I may not be achieving, and sometimes we're our own worst enemies, like where I should be, where I think I should be in my career, or what I should be doing for other people or things like that. And so what it's, I've really just brought it back to is um, controlling what I can and having little wins each day for myself and making sure that's yeah. constant. Yeah, that's right. And so you, you, you're keeping it fairly present. You know, you, you're doing, what can I do right now? You've still got your goals in the future because, you know, the world's going to, this might, go on a year two years who knows but eventually the world's going to come back to a place where you know you've got the chance to realize your vision that you've you've got and your purpose so you can still continue just every day who do i need to be to make that happen and for everyone at home everyone's got you know a time in their life where they've they've been at their best they've been in flow things have been happening for them you know it's just a matter of getting back there okay who was i in that time and sort of write out you know six words or eight words or whatever and then try to bring it back to just something, you know, three words that sum it up, who you need to be. I'll call it a personal trademark. Who do I need to be? Okay. And every day you just get up and, okay, this is who I need to be. That's that best version of myself to still get, you know, that vision or that, those goals that, that you're aiming for. And then it's like you said, then the third part of that is, you know, what do I want? Who do I need to be? And the third part of that is what action can I take now? What action can I take today to get that? So mm. do you see where that's bringing your focus yeah. back to now rather than rather than out in the future where, you know, if you worry too much about this pandemic and all the strains that might be coming or you, there's nothing you can do about it. And the other thing to realise too is uncertainty is part of living on planet Earth, I reckon, you know, because there's always been pandemics. There's always been wars. There's, you know, it's just because the last 40 years has been the safest time ever on the planet, really. <laughs> We've, we've had actually had nothing to fear if you live in Australia, really. Nothing seriously to fear. So uncertainty is just a part of life, really. Yeah. So with, with that, Doc, do you think we're – because we've had it so good, let's be honest, and that's the way life should be, do you think we're not resilient enough? We haven't been resilient enough to, you know, what's been thrown our way, a lot of people, and, and that's where it's sort of gone into turmoil? Yeah, I think it's got to a stage where – We've got really high expectations on, on what the world owes us or something. I think um, this is this. Look, not everyone's going to agree with this, but have you seen that that they called the happiness equation? Tim Urban talks about. It. He's got this amazing uh, blog called Wait But Why, and he talks about the happiness equation where you've got expectations less your reality um, is your or happiness is your reality less your expectations. So then, if you turn that around, it's depression is your um, expectations less your reality. So if your expectations are up here and your reality is here, that bit in the middle is your depression, your level of your depression. And in Western society, I think our expectations are so high now, you know, we're always looking to whether it's Instagram or on the TV or whatever it might be. And that's what we're expecting. And so when you're coming in well under that, you can only be unhappy. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's, and so at the moment, everyone's thinking that, we're so hard done by because we've got a pandemic, but you know, you go back through history, they've, they've always been there. So we just, you know, it's just the reality. It's what's happening. So, so do you, you think, just sort of do you think we need a, that. Yeah. Do you think we need to lower expectations essentially? Yeah, I do in general. Like I think that's um, one of the keys to happiness. They call, they call it, it's a really interesting article, the happiness equation. Okay. And it's um, yeah, I think in general, it's a, uh, you know, like we, we talked about in the last podcast, there's 1.3 million Australians on antidepressants. You know, there's a there's a portion of that is clinical depression, but I think the 
high expectations is is contributing to that. Everyone thinks mm. their life's got to be here, and then when it comes in under, you know, that's that's unhappiness there. And that sort of probably flows with, uh, you know, job satisfaction and expectation. When you think about it, people feel entitled. And I get that a lot that oh, I'm, I'm working harder than this person. It's a comparison. And that's because people uh, expect or they have this vision of what, the, what they're entitled to. Is, is that sort of probably a similar analogy as what you're saying there, Doc? Absolutely, yeah. It's, um, it's like the world owes you something, whereas the world doesn't owe you anything like we're pretty it's a pretty harsh environment you you know you just watch any david attenborough documentary <laughs> like animals struggle you know what i mean we're, we're going all right humans are going all right but <laughs> try being a mouse or something you know so if you just if you look at it that way like life on planet earth we, we're owed nothing you know what i mean but we're, we're doing pretty well and so mm. it, it's a matter of then just bringing your focus back as we talked about earlier you know, it's all right to have the, the big vision. I'm a big believer in that. But then you, you let that go and you bring it back to what can I do now? What can I do today in the process of getting that? And you just be happy while you don't expect it to happen. But the way the world works, if you, you know, you set, set your goal, visualize it, visualize it, visualize it and take the actions every day to get there, magic stuff happens. That's just the part. That's just how the world works. But um, yeah, I. I love that. I think that's great, mate. And really, so when people set like a New Year's resolution or something for the entire year, that's pretty, it's crap, really. Whereas should be sending intent, like, you know, as you said, you can have a goal or a vision, but you should really be just sending intention each day because that's probably as far as you can control at the moment. That's right. So you, you, you're, um, so you, let's use AFL or any premier, any sporting competition. They start off with the vision of the, what they want. Everyone wants their premiership cup. Yeah, you know they've course. got their they've got their vision of himself with the, with the cup you know with the, with their teammates etc cetera, etc cetera. but then you listen to any coach and you might think they're just reeling off a cliche but they're not they bring it back to each game week by week but even they bring it back further than that they bring it back to training session by training session contest to contest that's where their focus is you listen to someone like john longmire he just refuses you know because the press at his press conferences are just always trying to compare into the future or worry about you know they've got an injury so what's going to happen next week and he just won't have a bar of it he just brings it back to what they can control right now you know and mm. it's a cliche but it's a cliche for a reason and then and, and with that i suppose you get sick of hearing those press comments because they're a bloody waste of time let's be honest you're not you're not getting yeah. anything out of it but realistically people should probably be adapting that to their life at the moment because don't think so far forward because you're just going to get disappointed and you're probably not it's probably not going to come to fruition whereas you look at what they do that's probably what we need yeah that's well that's the the, the page i mentioned before afl coach quotes that i do on instagram that's all i do i listen to every press conference because i've always done that i'm just a afl junkie and like <laughs> you said you know they, they, they might go for four minutes they might go for 13 minutes and most of them are just complete crap but you'll get <laughs> out of most and some coaches are better than others. You'll get just snippets of wisdom. And it's just ancient wisdom, you know, that if you go through any religion or any, you know, philosopher or whatever, they, they live by these principles. And that's elite sport runs off those principles. You know, so all I do is I take that little snippet out of a press conference and then I apply, I might bring in something like stoic philosophy or, you know, stuff I've heard on a podcast or whatever it might be. And 
apply it to people's lives. So you've got the wisdom of the coach and, and what they, they do at the elite level of sport. And then, yeah, then this is how to apply it to your life. Mm, I like that, mate. So do you, like obviously being a, a, a trivia buff of coaches, you know, conferences and, and getting through them, do you feel that coaches, you know, all have underlying values and principles that they live by, which comes across in their coaching philosophy and, you know, the way they talk to their players instill values in the club and the vision they're going? Yeah, there's principles that that underline high performance in any in any sport or or business or whatever you know you get you get a lot of podcasts where they just focus on that you know like they're getting you know famous people in and just um focusing on what you know the principles and so on that that allowed them to get where they are and it's just it runs it's the same stuff that runs through through everything really it's you know yeah mentioned one before focus on what you can control that's it's just a simple philosophy but it's so powerful because mm. what's what's happening at the moment is um, in society when we're talking about that high level, like you know, people are revving at a higher level, you know, with anxiety. It's they're focusing on stuff that we've got no control over. Mm. Does that and, make sense? And, and it does, mate. It does. And I love obviously using sports analogies, and it, it is very simple. And these things that were always instilled in us, you know, get to the next contest, focus on what you can control. I used to think, oh, here we go, here in the same junk again. But now let's relate that to obviously life, and, and that is what we need. So for people listening out there, Doc, like, what are what are maybe just two or three simple tips that they can apply to their life right now if they are feeling anxious, and if deep down I reckon everybody's got some form of anxiety it's just if they're aware of it or not so even if you're feeling a little bit uncertain or things like that what are maybe a couple of tips that people could go right I'm going to action today and and see how they go well yeah I think the one we talked about before is a really big one so it, it's a you know we, we've we've got times in our life where things worked for us you know we, when we're at our best whether it was you know it could have been even right back at school it could have been um, when you're doing really well at your job, you could have been traveling overseas, whatever it might be. But when you were, things were going well, you were happy, you were, you know, you're in flow and so on. So describe yourself in that time. What are the qualities, characteristics, behaviors, you know, that sort of thing? What were you, who were you then? And, you know, when I always talk about, you know, focusing on who you're being, um, that's all I'm talking about, the best version of yourself. And we've all got that. We've all got an idea of who that is. Um, so that's 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 a tip for starters because you know with anxiety like we talked about before it's taking your mind out into the future and worrying about what might happen there so you got to bring it back and if you bring it back you focus on what you want and who you need to be and that's going to lower your anxiety does that make sense it does mate it does i really like that one. another one I, i'm always I'm massive on self-talk you know that conversation that goes on in your head because we've got different um We've got different voices in our heads from all the, you know, different people, you know, important figures, mainly from when we were a young child, but, you know, other, other, others coming as well. And when we talk about coaching, that's the idea of the, of paying big money or working under a, a, a really uh, big coach is having that wisdom in your head so that when you're performing, um, whether it's on the football field or in business or whatever you're doing, so you've got that wisdom in your head. So it's actually really worth getting to know what is what that conversation is. And I didn't even know I was having a conversation in my head till probably, I don't know, in my forties really. So, but now it's just, it just, it just governs your life. You know, that what you're saying to yourself, cause I used to be really, really harsh on myself. 
Um, I had really big expectations of myself and that is what contributed largely to the anxiety and the panic attacks that I ended up having. It was just, I was just so harsh on myself, never gave me credit for anything. I didn't coach myself. Mm. So if you can get to know what that conversation is, realize when you're being really harsh on yourself um, and a good way to do that, like do it all day, every day, like just uh, try to be aware of it. But a good way to do it is meditation too, is just to yeah. lay down and try not to think about anything, but then eventually you will think about something. Just notice that conversation, notice how you're talking to yourself. And what will come out of that conversation is opinions on yourself, beliefs about yourself, beliefs about the world, beliefs about the people around you. And it's those beliefs that you've got to get to to change your anxiety or change your depression or whatever it might be. Because as you move through the world every day, that's what's being triggered. It's it's what's it's what you think is safe, you know, because your brain's got two million, your nervous system's got two million bits of information hitting it at any one moment. And your brain's job is to sort through all that and bring, um, get your body ready to deal with any threats and then bring those threats to your attention, right? And so as the way it does that, it's programmed in what it believes is safe for you. Do you know what I mean? That's your beliefs. Yeah. Right. So you've got to get to what those beliefs are because that's what's triggering your anxiety. And you've got consciously, you've sort of got no, you know, people will know, you know, or you've got to say you've got a fear of public speaking, for example. People know all someone's got to do is mention, oh, doc, get up and say this. And your body just goes bang, like you feel bang. it. You yeah. bang, it's just, you feel it. That's your body. That's how quick your body shoots 1300 plus chemicals into your nervous system to have you ready to fight or flee. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So what So what triggered that? What is it? What do you believe about yourself? What do you believe about public speaking that triggers that? All right. So that's what you got to get to. That's And reprogram that those beliefs so that they're getting the results you want rather than crapping yourself every time someone asks you to say something. <laughs> <laughs> With the, what you just said there, mate, but we speak to ourselves so poorly. Like, I would never, ever talk to someone else like I do sometimes to myself. Like, it's just the way we are, isn't it? Yeah, and that's that. That's what's governing your life. That is your reality. You're coaching yourself in your head. So you've actually got to get to a stage where you're coaching yourself like you would coach, you know, if you were the best coach in the world and they were coaching your kid or whatever, how would you coach them? And that's yeah. how you've got, to, you've got to get to that point where you're coaching yourself like that. And once that happens, anything's sort of possible. Yeah. And it really just comes back to being, people talk about kindness and I talk about it all the time, but it's pretty hard to be kind to anyone unless you're kind to yourself. So if you're listening to this, you know, be your own best mate. When you look in the mirror, that's, you've got to love that person and you've got to speak kindly to it because if you keep throwing that down all the time, it's uh, it's eventually going to pay off. And like you said, when someone says public speaking or something like that, you're still going to trigger all these things and you're going to go into this hole and um, it's a, a place we don't want to be. So, Doc, I know for the last few years, mate, you've done so much one-on-one -on -one coaching and helping so many people around Australia. Um, really exciting in Feb this year. You've got a group starting game, mate. Do you want to explain that? Because I think it's, it's perfect timing um, because – we need more of this, mate, because as I said, like I've never really had anxiety and, you know, mine's pretty high at the moment. I can guarantee other people are the same. So do you want to explain a little bit about that, mate? Yeah, well, I'm getting a group together. I think it's, I just think with anxiety in particular, I think it's the same with everything really, but support is such a big, a big part of it um, to understand that other people are going through the same things. But then with anxiety at some stage, you're going to have to show some courage because, 
you know, there's people that are having trouble leaving the house or, or you know, speaking public, whatever it might be. And, you know, that they might want to get married or something. And But the thought of doing a speech is just unbearable, you know. But mm. so to have that fear at some stage to get over that, you're going to have to start edging outside your comfort zone. And to do that takes courage. And you, having a support network around you is going to mean so much when you're all doing that stuff together and you know swapping stories and supporting each other and that sort of thing so so that's what i'm going to do uh, this year is actually get a group together where we go through you know we teach all the awareness of what's happening on happening in your mind and body uh, to give you the anxiety symptoms and then we go through strategies and um, tools and techniques that are going to help and then we all together start taking those steps you know outside start pushing the boundaries of your comfort zone back and supporting each other while you do it and yeah, I, I think some pretty magic things can happen out of it. Yeah, I, I love that because so many people have got in mastermind groups or different ways yeah. to grow and develop together. It's the same as yeah. joining a gym or a certain fitness class or doing an eight-week challenge. You know what I mean? You're all on that journey together. So why not team up to, you know, help each other through this journey that we're on at the moment, this uncertainty? I think that's brilliant. So if people want to maybe hear more about that, Doc, where's the best place to go? Okay, so um just send an email straight to me so it's doc doc at worldclassfriend.com and on that website there you can book a free call with me as well so that's another thing i'm doing this year is just uh doing free calls i'm going to do them mostly on tuesdays but there'll be another couple of slots as well where people can just jump on for 20 minutes half an hour and we'll just discuss their situation where they are and you know hopefully get them taking that first step to to getting past their anxiety and you know on the way to where they where they want to go but they people can either book that free call straight up or you know, send send me an email and and we'll take it from there brilliant i, I love that maiden um sometimes just speaking to somebody outside of your network your friendship group um gives you a whole different perspective and i know doc i know you really well mate and if people are listening take him up on that opportunity because um, he's got so much experience. And if you go back and listen to episode 154, you'll, you'll hear the struggles that, you know, Doc's had his whole life and um, how he's been able to come that. So um, he's living proof that, you know, the philosophies and all the science that he knows around the backing of anxiety work. So check that out. There'll be links in the show notes, episode number 220. And Doc, before we go, mate, who's going to win the flag this year, 2021 in the AFL? That's probably the most important thing. Let's be honest. That's where it's all at. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not too happy with Collingwood for the first time. <laughs> for the first time in my life, I'm a little bit off them at the moment. I wasn't happy with that trade period. There's um, a few things going on there, mate. That was yeah, um... I don't know. It's very confusing. Very confusing time. You probably know more about it than me, but um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm really excited about the Suns. I don't think they can win it, um, but there, that's an exciting list, and I love the I love the brand of footy they play. I love um, lovely Kosher's down back. Stewie Jews, mate, I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, I think the cultures, both Brisbane clubs, they're, they're building really strong cultures, I think, so. And that's and that's the backbone of a club, isn't it? Like, considering where they used to be, to be able to turn it around so quickly, pretty impressive with Gold Coast. And I think that's a good sign for anyone that uh, it doesn't matter if a ship's sinking, you get the right people in and patch those holes yeah. and you can get it going really well again. So um, I agree, mate. Yeah. I think that the footy they play and the brand and um, – Yes, I, I just think it's great for the whole comp when you see yeah. a team that, you know, were going so poorly, had so many good draft picks, no one to be there now to be going as well as they are. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's just like some of those kids, Rankine and like I love Lukosius, the way he, you know, the way he used the footy out of the back line and of course Matty Rowell and Nora Anderson. They're they're an exciting young bunch, I reckon. So yeah, I'm really enjoying watching them. If uh, if international listeners are listening to this and you don't uh, Australian <laughs> football, <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't watched it, I'll tell you what, turn off your TV <laughs> and get on it. It's uh, it's the number one game in the land. Doc, uh, thanks as always, mate, for uh, you know your, your wisdom, your knowledge, and uh, it's always fun to catch up. And not only that, look at the backdrop you've got, mate. That is prestige. It's pretty warm here today, though. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> I know you really sweaty, sweaty Queensland days, so. <laughs> oh, thanks for being on the show, mate, guys. As I said, go on to episode right, 222, and uh, there'll be links there. Reach out to Doc, lock in a call, and uh, if you're keen to join his group, um, reach out to him. So, Damon, thanks so much, mate. Thanks, Artie.